Welcome to The Right Side with Ned Ryan, Episode 5. Today I want to talk about uh, tax reform, the tax plans that are being floated around. Uh, November 20th, 2017, obviously the House just passed their version uh, of tax reform last week, and now we are focused on the Senate. Uh, Let me start by saying that the Senate plan is not tax reform, it is tax deform, Uh, and If people thought that somehow the Senate plan was going to help the middle and upper middle class, uh, I am here to tell you, you are sadly mistaken. However, if you are in private equity, a hedge fund manager, or a uber-wealthy real estate developer, you will love the Senate plan. And I say that for a variety of reasons. Um, When you look at the real estate depreciation lives from 39 years to 25 years, and you can look in the Senate plan... I believe it's page 94, uh, in which they recommend uh, moving it from 39 to 25 years. Uh, That alone, right there, will cost Treasury hundreds of billions of dollars over the next 20 years in regards to revenue. Uh, And, of course, that money will be going into the pockets of uh, a very limited number uh, of real estate billionaires. The other reason I uh, say that uh, if you're a private equity hedge fund manager, you will love this bill, of course, it's because there is no closing of the carried interest loophole. Now, to be clear, uh, to help clarify on that front for those that are listening and and might not fully understand why that's a big deal, uh, understand that the carried interest loophole is, first of all, something that Donald Trump ran on in 2016. Uh, He ran on it very clearly that he was going to close the uh, carried interest loophole so that uh, the money managers and investors who are uh, avoiding the 39.6 tax bracket, uh, and instead we're paying at the 20% tax bracket because they're claiming their compensation is actually capital gains and not income, well, he was going to close that loophole. Well, in the House plan that was passed last week, guess what was missing? Uh, There was no attempt, uh, no language at all, to close the carried interest loophole. Uh, Nothing uh, is in the Senate plan as well. So again, it's this massive gaping hole. It was a campaign pledge that Trump ran on, and yet in neither of the House or Senate plans is there any attempt to close it. So there are a couple theories on this, and I wrote about this uh, in my op-ed at The Hill um, last week, in which I said, let's be honest, this isn't actually tax reform, especially as it pertains to the the Senate bill. And I made the point, there are a couple reasons, I think, that the carrying interest loophole has not been closed. And this is going to sound deeply cynical. And, and I'm, I'm telling you up front, it sounds deeply cynical, but I've been in D.C. almost 20 years, and things happen for a reason. And when things look screwy or things don't happen that should happen, just follow the money. And so let's not forget that two of the guys important in writing this tax plan are Gary Cohn uh, and Steve Mnuchin, who are also alumni, senior management from Goldman Sachs. Now, think about Goldman Sachs and who some of their big clients are. Of course, they're private equity and hedge fund guys. So, of course, Gary Cohn are not going, and Steve Mnuchin are not going to want to close the carried interest loophole. You know, they got to help their boys at Goldman Sachs. Well, then it goes to the members of Congress in both the House and the Senate, Democrats and Republicans. Let's face it. There are a lot of big, wealthy donors to both sides of the, the aisle, both Republicans and Democrats, that are hedge fund and private equity guys. So, of course, these swamp dwellers in Congress are not going to want to bite the hands of their political donors. So, of course, they're going to do them a solid in the tax plan, both in the House and the Senate, and not address the carried interest loophole. 
not cynical when you start to connect the dots in regards to who they're taking care of. Let me go back a little bit to an understanding uh, in this real estate depreciation. It's not just any uber-wealthy real estate developer. It really is about the older generation in real estate that want to punch out in the very near term. And then, of course, take advantage, they hope, uh, of the new uh, regulations in regard to the, um, the estate tax, the death tax. And so, again, it goes back to there is a very small percentage of people, real estate developers, private equity, and hedge fund managers that are absolutely, and rightly so for their own personal interests, in love with the Senate plan. But let's go back and understand who should not be happy with the Senate tax plan, and that is the middle class, the upper middle class, and small business owners. Orrin Hatch's plan coming to the Senate floor uh, the week after Thanksgiving makes the personal income tax cuts temporary. Um, so they're not even considered, they're not even planning on them being long-term and I believe expiring in 2025. The other one that's also deeply troubling is the fact that they have raised the small business or pass-through tax rate. Um, the House had proposed 25% and the Senate is proposing 30% and also recommending hazardous language that it be temporary. I'm sorry, but almost 50% of all the private sector jobs in this country, almost 30 million small businesses, are considered small business. And the fact that they are not offering and not trying to keep it at 25%, and I would argue should put, probably put it at 20% to match the corporate rate, is staggering to me. The only positive thing in my mind about the Senate plan is the fact that they are going to have the corporate tax cut at 20% and make it permanent. However, they don't want to do that for another year. The only positive thing in their plan, they want to push off a year. Mitch McConnell and Orrin Hatch, I think, have literally overdosed on stupid pills. They are taking care of a very small percentage, very infinitesimal percentage of people while sticking the bill, handing the bill to most of the American people. And some have argued, well, you know, some people are going to see $1,300 coming back to them in the very near future. If it's not 2018, 2019. My response back in my op-ed at the Hill was, so essentially $125 a month, which in many ways is basically a nice date night once a month. So Mitch McConnell and Orrin Hatch think that they are going to bribe the American people with essentially a nice date night once a month and then hand off literally hundreds of billions of dollars to a very, very small group of people. There are many of us that want nothing to do with this Senate plan. And when Orrin Hatch sits in there and berates Democrats who are saying this looks like a tax plan for the rich and says this is a tired play of Democrats, Mr. Hatch there are many of us who are deeply conservative, who think and are starting to suspect, strongly suspect based off all the evidence we see in the plan that you wrote, that this is in fact a plan that benefits the uber wealthy and passes the buck, the bill, to the middle and the upper middle class. Now, the thing that concerns me about this plan, first of all, let's remember this is going to be taken up for a vote next week, the week after Thanksgiving. I am hopeful that the bill as it stands, 
most of it, will not get through. I'm hopeful, actually, as the bill now stands, it won't even pass the Senate, that they will have to go back and reconstruct a Senate plan, a tax reform plan, that actually benefits the middle and the upper middle class in a very noticeable way in 2018 before the election season, because guess what happens if it doesn't? There are many people who are going to be voting in 2018 that were expecting, that actually believe Republicans were serious about a tax cut for all Americans. What is being proposed and debated right now in the Senate comes nowhere close to being that. My concern is that in D.C. there's sometimes let's get something done instead of nothing, that there will be this panic to pass a, a tax bill that in fact is massively detrimental to the Republicans' chances moving forward. And so I would urge caution in regards to what is being discussed right now. Again, for those of you that are not in D.C., the House has passed a plan. The Senate now has to pass their own version of tax reform, and right now they are very different plans. So let's say the Senate were to pass a plan, and I don't think they will, actually. When I see all the senators like Ron Johnson, uh, Susan Collins, John McCain, Jeff Flake, Bob Corker, all of these that are, that are starting to voice their concerns about the current Senate tax plan, I strongly suspect that this is not going to happen anytime soon, at least as this plan now stands. But let's say, for example, the Senate were to pass a plan. You then have to go to conference, and you have to figure out how to reconcile the House and the Senate plans to put them all into one bill. Once there is agreement between the House and the Senate conferees, that bill then goes to the House again. The bill has to get through the House without any additional amendments, uh, and if there are additional amendments, if my memory serves me correct, then the Senate's going to have to pass the bill as is. The whole idea of the bill coming out of conference is that it passes the House without changes, goes to the Senate without changes, is passed, and then finally gets to the president's desk. So you might say that we are just arriving at the end of the beginning in regards to having real tax reform debate. So the other thing, too, that is causing real consternation among people between uh, the House and the Senate bill is the SALT issue, the state and local tax issue. Now, in theory, I completely agree. I am fundamentally for this, that the red states should stop funding the blue states' fiscal irresponsibility. They should not have to foot the bill for New York and for California and for Illinois showing any fiscal restraint or lack thereof uh, with no fiscal restraint. The problem that I have, though, is that you can't do this dramatically and all of the sudden at one moment. And I actually like an idea that Steve Forbes just mentioned recently on Fox Business, that the SALT issue, being removing state and local taxes from uh, being able to use to deduct it from your federal taxes, should be have maybe, say, a two-year uh, two-year deadline, that in the next two years, uh, whatever tax reform bill passes, it will have a two-year moratorium on state and local tax deductions. Therefore, it will give the people living in those deep blue states the ability to do one of two things. One, either vote out the members of their state legislatures uh, and governor's mansion who want to increase their taxes, or they can simply leave the state. To do something this dramatic, uh, in such short notice, I don't think is a responsible move, although I completely agree with the principle of it 
in regards to saying red states are not going to fund blue states' fiscal irresponsibility. This all to say, again, I find this deeply disappointing in how Republicans have approached this. The president made it very clear that tax reform was to make the tax code simpler and flatter. It was to benefit all Americans. It was something that was supposed to be done by this time. Again, we're in November of 2017, and Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan uh, earlier this year in Philadelphia in January or February of this year said that by the August recess, they would have tax reform done. Nowhere close to that, and I honestly don't think we will have anything close to tax reform done by the end of the year. The thing that concerns me about all of this is that Republicans have been given everything. They've been given the White House. They've been given the Senate. They've been given the Congress. They still have 33 governor's mansions. They have 70, I believe, of the 99 state legislatures. At some point, the American people are going to look at Republicans and go, we gave you everything, and in return, we got nothing. In fact, some of us might actually think we got even worse than nothing. We actually got a higher tax bill. This will have deep political consequences for the Republican Party in 2018 if they do not figure this one out. So I would close this podcast by saying, pay close attention to what's happening in the Senate. Uh, when they bring up this issue again uh, post-Thanksgiving, I think it will be a very heated debate. I think you will see uh, more Republican senators coming out against the Senate bill as it now stands. I do not think you will have a Senate uh, bill uh, voted on anytime soon. I do not think you'll see a final bill coming out of conference anytime soon. All to say, with a very short congressional calendar left to us, I do not think you'll see tax reform before the end of the year. It is a shame that this has happened, but again, this is what happens when the special interests sink their claws into major policy. They all of a sudden start to carve out their little special interests, the real estate developers, the private equity, the hedge funds, and things become deformed. So I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Again, so it's your dose of rational conservatism in an increasingly irrational world.